Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hopefully, Babe Loppenberg stand by. That's really the only person I. That's all that matters. Exactly right. Cowboys getting ready to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road Monday. Ugh. Isn't that weird? Anyway, I don't like it. Uh, Babe's joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. What do you say, Babe? How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, as I mentioned before, my real first name is Brandon, so I feel like I'm getting a sponsorship deal right here. Okay, <laughs> that's good. You know what? We can call it uh, Laufenberg Moving and Storing if you want. I mean, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I love it. A hostile takeover of their of their moving and storage company. That's good. Uh, <laughs> they do sponsor our Cowboys uh, coverage in the uh, the game itself, don't they? Here? They did? Yeah, on the bus. Brandon Moving and Storage. Don't, don't know that they do, but oh, okay. I really they used to. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Wes, is the main sponsor. That's exactly right, but we'll take all comers. <laughs> Babe, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to bring this up or not, but uh, Wes said you guys had some interesting things happening around the booth the other night in uh, in Washington. Oh, absolutely, you can bring it up. Wes, did you hear the feed, Wes? Yeah, I, I, I heard the uh, when, when we went to commercial break and somebody forgot to turn your mic down, and I heard the ganja. I should have queued up the song, yeah. That Smell, Babe, for you to yeah. uh, talk over. Well, we're, we're, we're in the booth there, and uh, it's funny. Every stadium configuration of where we are is different, both where we are geographically and how close in proximity you are to the fans. And uh, matter of fact, at the old Vet Stadium in Philadelphia, I mean, they were like, they might as well have been in the booth with you. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, in Washington, they're right in front of us. I mean, when they stand up, you almost have to look over the top of their head. So our booth is open. You know, we, we always keep the windows open. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm, yeah, we go to break, and I just said, does somebody, somebody smell the ganja that I smell here? Because it was just it was wafting in like, like I said, like you're at a Fog Hat concert from the 70s or something. <laughs> and I guess they had my mic open. I, I said, of all the things that could have been said, fortunately... Uh, you know, I don't think that's all that damaging. Babe. I was just stating a fact. Somebody was getting high right in front of us. They may have been bored <laughs> with the game. There before the grace of God go we. I'll tell you what, we've all been uh, fortunate not to get caught in some worse situations on hot mics before, that's for sure. But, yeah, Skinner would be good. I think a little of that smell, that's fine. Probably. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, there were a few Cowboys fans that probably needed some weed to get through that one. That was yeah. That was a very disappointing performance. Ultimately, it didn't make any difference because the Eagles won, the Niners won. But how do you wrap your head around a game like that with potentially something on the line for the Cowboys as far as the playoffs go? Well, I think, Justin, uh, the key word there that you used, and it's a good one, ultimately it didn't make a difference. But at the time it did. No one knew that the Giants weren't going to beat Philly. And uh, obviously San Francisco played into it as well. But um, it was was an awful performance. I mean, I don't think they tried to defend it, deny it. you certainly hate to have that one at the end of the season. Now everyone has pointed out that last year, you know, they won. I believe it was fifty-one twenty-six at Philadelphia in the final game of the season. But I remind people also in that game, Philadelphia played the junior varsity. They, they brought literally everyone off the practice squad because you could at that time with the COVID uh, regulations, and so they they played the junior varsity at Philly and kicked the you know what out of them. Mm-hmm. So. It was a it was a bad performance. One thing I, I looked at it was a it was a clunker, no question about that. But when you play seventeen games, you can have a couple in there where you know you just you don't you don't look well, you don't look good. I mean, excuse me, and um, you know, that was certainly 
the case for that one, and they would be in, you know, coaches talk about three phases of the game. Well, they were beating all three phases. The punter dropped a punt. The punt yeah. returner dropped a punt. Hmm. Uh, had a pick six on offense. Uh, defense really didn't play awful. They, they were pretty good, actually. It kind of got obscured by the fact that uh, twice they were on short field, you know, after the, the punt drop by Brian Anger and then the punt return drop hmm. by Turpin. Washington took over the Cowboys 15 and then the 20. And they ended up only, you know, giving up three points, I believe, off of those two possessions. But, uh, yeah, it was certainly not the way you want to go into the playoffs, especially when you were trying to accomplish something right. in that final game. But obviously it accomplished nothing. Well, better to have a clunker last week than this coming week. So uh, let me <laughs> let me ask you Absolutely. about about Dak specifically. You know, turnovers have been an issue this year. In the last couple of games, you know, he had three in the first half, course, against Tennessee and then this game this last week. Um, is it something he's not seeing, you think? Is it something they're doing defensively that's been confusing? I mean, he's been around a long time. I, I think we're all a little bit surprised by what's going on. What, what do you think's going on with him? Well, I, I went back going into last week's game against Washington. You know, he had 14 interceptions. Seven of them you could write off to other things. Right. Arm got hit. Ball got in and out of the arms. You know, we saw it once with uh, Noah Brown in, in the overtime game that got pick six there. We saw once with Peyton Hendershot in Tennessee where that put a perfect ball in and Hendershot basically just shoveled it to the safety. So I think you have to look at all those individually. I think it's it's a mistake to say, oh, this guy or that guy has thrown 14 interceptions. He stinks. You look at each one individually and you go, okay, well, that wasn't his fault. That wasn't his fault. And so he had seven of those 14 going into the Washington game. The, the pick six against Washington uh, just the ball shouldn't have been thrown. I mean, the corner is sitting outside. It's a quick out. Corner's outside in zone coverage, just looking in at Dak, just by the position of where the corner was and what you knew you were going to get defensively there. You knew you were getting the zone. You knew he was hanging outside. You just say, okay, I'm not going to throw it. He did. He threw the ball behind Noah Brown. You know, it was good three, four feet behind him. And, uh, you know, that was the result. But I'm not, I'm not concerned that, that Dak is – going to cost the Cowboys the game. I'm really not. Maybe I should be, but his history has been that he does take good care of the football. So I would see that continuing here in the first playoff game. The funny thing is, guys, you know, Dak had 15 on the year that tied for the league lead in interception thrown, and obviously he missed five games. Peyton Manning threw 28 as a rookie year. So the, the it has become harder and harder for defenses to intercept balls just because of the way the offenses are, the short passing game, uh, all that stuff. But, you know, you think about it. This team used to be middle of the pack in terms of quarterbacks throwing interceptions, and now you're leading the league. Uh, so, you know, basically won a game. And uh, what a game can get you beat. And that's just, to me, it's incredible having, you know, again, I'm old. And, uh, you know, I saw it where guys were throwing two interceptions and it meant nothing. Hey, in the, in the NFC championship game, when the Cowboys played the 49ers, the catch, right? Dwight Clark, Joe Montana. Montana threw three interceptions in that game, and San Francisco lost three fumbles. They had six turnovers and won the game. Sheesh. That just doesn't happen in today's NFL. Not very often. I remember the, uh, I want to say the Seahawks did that a few years ago against the Packers and won in that crazy onside kick game. Mm. Oh, yeah. Gross. Anyway, sorry. And all these games are going to hinge. You know, you get to the playoffs, and the teams are – Pretty evenly matched, as we know. 
uh, it's going to hinge on one or two plays, one or two crazy plays, just like you said. All, all Green Bay has to do is recover an onside kick, and they, they go to the Super Bowl that year. And the guy screws up his assignment. They don't get it. They lose. So, you know, again, I, I anticipate a tight game. Don't know if it's going to be high scoring or low scoring. We've seen both now with Tampa, right? The season opener last year was high scoring. The season opener this year was 19 to 3. So, wh- whatever type of game it's going to be, it's going to hinge on one or two plays. It's a question of who, who gets to make those plays. And sometimes just who gets lucky. You got to get lucky in the playoffs as well. Maybe there seemed to be a lot of times where Dak was looking, 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 dancing around, looking, looking. Yep. Are receivers not getting open? Is he missing guys? Because on TV you can't tell what's going on. Right. It's so funny. Right before, right before I got on with you guys, I, I reviewed the entire offensive game on the All Twenty Two, basically the coaches' tape, where you do get to see everything. And uh, it, it was like anything; it was a combination. Uh, receivers didn't get a lot of separation. I thought Washington did a great job defensively jumping routes. The protection was actually pretty good for the most part during that game. I mean, he wasn't like he was under siege the entire game. Uh, He just couldn't get to open receiver. And uh, I I think one thing that hurts Cowboys a little where T.Y. Hilton may help, uh, they they just don't threaten the defense with their speed. Uh, Even the tight end, Dalton Schultz. Now you're not going to line him up and run go routes with him. But he's not a speed guy. He's not a downfield guy. Noah Brown isn't that guy. C.D. Lamb can be that guy. Uh, Michael Gallup isn't the same guy this year that he was last year. So really, the only deep threat is T.Y. Hilton. So consequently, teams kind of get sitting on those 15 to 12 to 10-yard routes. You know, they're, they're in the squat position, and as soon as that receiver starts breaking down, they are jumping the football. And Washington did exactly that. So if, if Tampa's going to play it differently, obviously. But I think they need to get a couple of double moves in there, take some deep shots, just to, and I always call them investments. You don't even have to hit them. You just have to let the defense know that we're willing to do this. We're willing to try to run by. And and that usually backs off those corners a little bit because they jump everything. If you think back to that Washington game, it seemed like every ball was contested, wasn't mm-hmm. it? There's always a defender putting a hand in, getting a hand in on something. Babe, we're almost out of time. Real quick, I want to ask you about another quarterback. And as a guy who played the – position i mean you obviously have a deeper understanding but the purdy story is pretty interesting and it's not like he played week one and you kind of got better as the year went on i mean he came in and admittedly san francisco's got a lot of things that are going right for them with defense and run game right. and everything else um but just put in perspective for me um purdy's fit i guess there and why it's working well he's done a great job and obviously san francisco saw something in him they waited till the last pick in the draft to to drafted, but yeah. that's okay. They were the ones who did it. And, you know, he was a very productive player, obviously, at Iowa State. Doesn't always translate to the NFL, but I, I do think you're exactly right. When you've got that defense, when you've got that running game, when you've got the versatility of a Christian McCaffrey, right? you got George Kittle at tight end. Those are easy throws to the tight end, typically. Uh, it's just a good recipe for a young quarterback to get in there now. That's not taking anything away from what he's done because he's been phenomenal to jump in and, and do what they've done. Uh, but, again, it's a byproduct of just a lot of good things around him, and probably that includes the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, and the way he has orchestrated this offense. But he doesn't have to drop back and throw it 40 times a game, right? And that has really worked to his advantage. No doubt. Babe, safe travels. Appreciate the time. Okay, Justin West, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. All right, hopefully getting to talk to Babe again here soon.